we split all the teams into green teams, which is teams we had to have done by like last week, blue teams which you had to have done by this week, and uh, red teams which you have to have done, have done by next week. I'm not even going to ask where Canada stands. You don't have to. Um, it's on your flag. Welcome to episode three of no episode four. I know numbers of stat check. <laughs> this is self insert rank fiction, uh, our number one show where we go into uh, AO3 and we read you about whatever comes up in the stat check tag. Um, apologies for being slightly late for anybody who is watching the live. Nathan couldn't figure out how the how the call button worked on Discord and was trying to use that as opposed to anything resembling the software we're on, which I My hear is a little is better. In- my doctorate is in biology, not in any kind of technology whatsoever. So Yeah, but I, I would have assumed the button pressing was vaguely connected to biology. You'll if you've been to any school with biology professors and have had them try to do a presentation, uh in fact, button pressing is not a skill that a lot of professors have. No, we've we've noticed based on the fact that we are two whole minutes late and our viewership has dropped by three thousand percent as a result. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, anyway, <laughs> hi, hi, Minutes. I am joined by Nathan and Anthony. No, Jeremy. Jeremy today. Uh, Jeremy is usually our man of the chair who sits behind the scenes in the middle of all of us, being like, "You guys are you guys were great this out this week," and now he's on the episode because um, Anthony is busy attempting to get a passport <laughs> attempting in like a whole nother city across the state from where he lives yeah i believe he is making the five-hour trek to buffalo yes <laughs> which is in the good direction uh and then he has a five-hour drive back tomorrow so we wish anthony all the best instead we are joined by one of the what's the name for like like i know it's a triumvirate for three what's five it's- I mean, mm. we're just the stats Illuminati side. Yeah. Okay, so I'm joined by the other two members of the, by two of the three members of the stats Illuminati, which is a trifecta, <laughs> which I suppose does work. Um, yeah. How are you doing? I mean, Kiri? I guess it'd be a pentagon. I suppose you should introduce yourself to the network properly because you've not actually been on this show. That's a good point. I was on the WTC draft, which Patreon members have seen at this point. Um, but yeah, I am Jeremy, also known as Curie, largely online. Witness will continue to refer to me as Curie. Nathan will probably call me Jeremy. You can all can call me whatever you'd like. Uh, I am the... Daddy. No, that's him. <laughs> Maybe after we meet in singles. You can call him Uncle Jeremy. That's fine. So much, so much worse. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, I am the man behind the curtain for much of the stats that's, that uh, we talk about here on this show. Uh, I collect the data every single week. I feed it into Cliff's ears. He comes up with the brilliant data visualizations. Nathan talks about it. Uh, and I come up with new and interesting ways of presenting things. And Innocent Anthony grow their ego off of it. It's really a really remarkable ecosystem for us. Jezza. Uncle Jezza. No, no, that, that, that says that says Unky Jezza, actually. Unky Jezza. Sorry, Jeremy. You're now Unky Jezza. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm done with this. I, I think this is this is a good set of nicknames. So 
This week on the show, we are going to be talking about uh, a whole lot of, I'm assuming those guys are going to talk about a bunch of stats, and I'm going to sit here and nod. Um, that, that's kind of the goal for this week. We'll be talking about uh, Jeremy's keen for WTC a little bit, so we'll keep going through some prep for that. Uh, we'll plug a little bit of stuff. There's some new stuff coming out on Friday for the bonus content for everybody that we'll be releasing, so we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Um, yeah, we'll go for, we're going to go for a nice, chill, chill 90 minutes today because we don't have the violence corrupting, influencing. I'm here. It's 11 o'clock at night. I'm down for being a little bit chill this week, so we're going to have a nice, quiet, calm podcast with minimal levels of chaos. He said, lying through his teeth, because <laughs> there's never minimal chaos. No. Let's do the fun bit then. How has the week been in stats, given that you both love talking about stats? Or actually, no, how's your week been? What have you done for it? I should skip a section. I was like, dang, don't even want to hear about our weekends in it. No, I don't care. If that, if I don't want to hear about your weekend. One. Um, I actually just practiced all weekend with the German WTC list. The only change that I made to it was I added some tiered warriors to it. I mean, I don't know. I just didn't like 10 termagons, although I might just put 10 termagons back in. We'll see. But it has where did you pull one... the 25 points from or the 20 points from magic? No, I switched um, to one parasite and a couple other things around. That was pretty much what I did. Um, but I really enjoy that list. It's really funny to play. I played it into Necrons and then I played it into a melee mortal wounds pressure orcs list. And it won both of those games, although not really by WTC standards. I think it technically tied both of those games in differential scoring. Which fine. Points for me, are point. I, guess. I think that's what the list is there for. So <laughs> yeah. like it it's also just hilarious to pilot because Zoanthropes put out so much mortal wound damage that it is kind of funny. Like every turn a kill rig was even close to the triplet of triplets of Zoanthropes, they died instantaneously just to mortal wound damage. As did Squig Hog Boys. Or just any kind of boy whatsoever. So it was fun. I'm gonna continue playing it. I might bring it to singles after a little bit, after some more testing yeah. and a few more tweaks. I've definitely always said the problem with running more than once with a zone tops is you run out of things to charge. The trick with that is to just not want to charge, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just remove <laughs> replace your desire to charge with your desire to run away. Okay, Seth is right. There was only one kill rig killed entirely by throats. The harpies did everything else. From uh, those poor kill rigs, <laughs> yeah, the, the small, the small, notable inclusion of harpies. Although, I will say that spore mines are hilarious and continue to be hilarious when you're spawning like 12 a turn, six plus 3d3, yeah, <laughs> and just putting them all over the map. And then, yes, one harpy continued to get chased by Zagstruck until he died, and then Zagstruck got melted by the remaining harpy, I believe. Oh, so Zagstruck did succeed in his hunty harping mission then. He did. He hunted the harpy for three turns, surviving three three occasions of me paying CP for Overwatch and not hitting at all. Because I had no other idea what to do with all this CP I had. Because there's nothing that needs CP. Do you know what the trick? What you do? You just bounce a squad of gargoyles up into the air every turn. So I thought about doing that. Objectives. That's all you do. I, it's so I funny. Use- the gargoyles is the second screen behind a screen of like 12 to 15 spore mines in front of the zoanthropes 
And so boys just hit spore mines and then they hit gargoyles and then they died. <laughs> the other thing you can do is you can keep cycling your um you can cycle your back squad zone tropes forward as well. Yes, the fun the fun part is the fire and fading zoanthropes who pop back out three inches and pop out to shoot and then pop back during your opponent's turn so they can't be shot it's over and over fun. and over again. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Everybody else is like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, no, they failed their charge, so they get to move three inches in any direction I choose. They're like, they get to do what? <laughs> yeah, they get to fly three inches back into the building. I don't know what you want. It, it's uh, a it really, people... really cool list. I am very impressed with it. I have got to commend Germany on putting together one of I... the most incredible innovations of 4K I've ever seen. It is the greatest thing. And I bought, well, I'm actually just getting two second edition metal zoanthropes to act as the other two neurothropes for the list, and I'm just going to keep doing it. It's just hilarious. I don't nice. know. Good. This is got to be my favorite. My One of my favorite things about WC is the post effect the post-event impact that ripples out from a bunch of lists where people will just go, that worked really well in singles. I wonder if I can just do that. And then it turns out you can. Um, and I, I reckon, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll probably see a few other things like that, like the um, the English Blood Angels list with the three squads of five Death Company and Lamartis that just becomes really, really good at doing that secondary with a bunch of Inferno pistols. That list uh, is I mean. That list is real mean and very good. Um yeah, yeah, I'm not like 100% convinced the Psychic List will be like super great. It'll probably win like a GT or something like that. Maybe not in my hands, but I don't Quite think Quite hard win. to win big is the problem. Yeah, so it it's scores. kind of a true undefeated tournament, and over those games, it can be hard to yep. be consistent enough. So I don't know. I think it has a ceiling, but it's definitely there's definitely something in there that you could maybe take the shell and make it a little better. And its Necron matchup isn't amazing because it doesn't have like a lot of front-loaded pressure like you can't really go out and do stuff you kind of <laughs> inch forward annihilating everything that presents itself so you are the pushing the into the necrons yeah the, the there list was, is limited to activities and activity related secondaries there was there was one necron model left at the end of my necron practice game but i won only because I managed to kill the Silent King in the last turn with a harpy charging it and then killing him with mortal wounds on the charge. That, that's how harpies kill everything. Harpies don't have combat attacks. Harpies can attack from my line. If I, I needed to roll two mortal wounds on the Silent King on a so basically needed an average roll on the horned stratagem, but I mean the harpy probably doesn't die to Silent King in combat. Not one on no he's heavily bracketed. Yeah, not one on bottom bracket when the harpy's at full bracket, and then the okay, harpy no, can you still definitely, pop. Yeah, you die to that. Yeah, that's that's fair. He can still pop voracious and then get reloaded. Yeah, but you'd be fighting last, and... mate. It's true, but on so, bottom bracket, the silent king's probably not killing the harpy. No, the silent king only loses loses a lot of attacks. Yeah, he's got two. Yeah, attacks he loses two attacks on bottom bracket. Yeah, yeah he has like rough. two or three attacks. He's not killing the harpy because the harpy's at full wounds. So. Also, hilarious fact with the Sanki. If you use the top bracket strategy, he doesn't get his dudes back. He just gets, he just gets his attacks back. It's so funny. It's Every time somebody of... uses that, I'm like, you know, that that only affects characteristics, right? And dudes existing isn't a characteristic, buddy. Yep. <laughs> Your it's, mates are still each there. Of, each of those little stratagems is worded very slightly differently as well. And so a couple of them would, because of the wording on them, let the Silent King fight with all of his stuff. 
but the Silent King's stratagem does not let him do it. So he doesn't really get glad that we have to like tools. read these differences. It's really well, cool. we, tell me about it. We can't have universal special rules. Oh no! But I am taking way too much time talking about my practice games with a funny list. I feel like you haven't realized that this is again. the point yet, Nathan. Oh damn it! <laughs> Hopefully, people <laughs> are entertained. Somebody's got to tell the person who developed that list that I love it. Uh, I will do my best. I believe it's Matthias Matthias Jamica, Matthias Jamica. Excellent. And we're playing so right you tell him that I fuck that I just love this fucking list because it's great. <laughs> I will do. Curie, what about yourself? You guys have been doing WC prep, I assume. Yeah, uh, on my end. So those that don't know, I am the coach for the Canadian team. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of back end prep, just making sure that pairing matrices are ready, background data is ready, lists are all ready for people to review. I went and got a spiral bound printout of every single list so that. It, we actually can refer to them when we're doing pairings the night before or an hour before. Oh yeah, save the planet. Yeah, I print out. I print out all the boards. I can't say anything. <laughs> it's like a 200-page document with all the boards and tables. Like, yep. So sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so I, sorry. I do this once a year. It should be fine. Most of the time, I don't print a single list. I don't print my list at events because that's a requirement from before COVID. Uh, but yeah, just doing a lot of background prep, getting everything ready for that. Um, nothing too much on my end. I mean, pairings for the singles went live today for War Masters. Got to take a quick look at a very interesting veteran cohort list with two bombers. Hmm. Well, that's fun. What run us through what you're playing? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am running the same janky Ravenwing that I've been running for a few months now which is a double outrider with as many speeders and bikes that I can cram into a list as possible. Um, basically, as much plasma, melta, and bullets as you can throw at your enemy and hope that that's enough to table them before they get to me. Well, how many um, conscripts how did it work? kill again? Uh, so I played into 300 Cadian conscripts uh, on round three of Salt City, and I killed, we figured, 106 round one not counting a mortar team and a few other small things, but the conscripts themselves, it was 106 or so of those dead. So this is a it's lot not of even high, that's not even it's high score, buddy. No, but it was enough that by turn three, we were just looking at the table and said, look, I've lost a speeder to Hammer of the Emperor. You have nothing. <laughs> you have that one mortar guy who's hiding behind that building over there. Oh, no, Samuel went on a hunting expedition to take care of the mortars because oh. they were being irritating. <laughs> good definitely yeah, not that over was my weekend definitely. just getting ready for wtc panicking a little bit letting the anxiety build to a boiling point it's great being in a position of power for the wtc because you have so much you could do and so much that you can't do that because you keep saying you're like i'll do these things and then nobody listens to you so it doesn't matter that you've done the thing but it's okay because you'll get to go and fetch a lot of water as well that's true if anyone from my team is listening, please finish your pairing matrices because I know they're not done yet. I can't say anything. I've not finished. My, we split all the teams into green teams, which is teams we had to have done by like last week, blue teams, which we had to have done by this week, and uh, red teams, which we have to have done, have done by next week. Like, by I'm before not I fly out. Where Canada stands. You don't have to. Um, it's on your flag. Uh... <laughs> God damn it. 
It's either a white flag or a red one. Both of them are bad. <laughs> Both of them are equally viable for you, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> what have you so, been up to this I, weekend, Ennis? So I was meant to I, have done I drafted my, uh, my... Canada, so... I'm in trouble for both of those reasons. <laughs> I was meant to have done my blue matrices by Sunday, but I ended up doing the recording for WC uh, for the WC newcomers, which you can find on the YouTube channel uh, on Sunday. So that killed that day, and then I just didn't do it yesterday for reasons. Uh, so I'm like two days behind on my matrix. So I'm not going to slag anybody off right now for not doing matrix work. It's so boring when you don't have a dual screen. <laughs> so if you don't have dual screens doing matrices is nightmarish um so i kind of need to do it on my lunch break at work and that takes a while uh for me i had a practice weekend again um which has been my last like three weeks so i should kind of expect it at this point but the we went to we went out to our local store to be like yo let's go for a practice weekend I'm like i'll meet chris at half past 10 30 in the turnovers i'll get the bus through we'll go for breakfast he'll take me up we'll get we'll get up there for 11 o'clock shut Fuck. <laughs> when is it open? Uh, I'm a, I'm away this weekend, and the other guy who's open who could open the store is sick. So we're not. Whoops. <laughs> so we ended up we ended up cramming back into my garage for the weekend, uh, which is luckily I have two tables, but somebody in who was going to be the first practice ended up missing it. So we ended up having three people instead of four for the first one, and then we got we got four people for the second one at least. So. We got we got some good practice in. Uh, I don't get to play my list much anymore. Has been the general principle of practice days, which is definitely something that happens when you're playing a list that nobody wants to play against. Is it just like I understand that you're at the practice day. However, could you play the Drakari, that Drakari list for me, or could you play uh, their their could you play the Necrons list for me? And I'm like, yes, I'd could like you to play, play my list twice except for your list. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much been the general gist. Um, so I think I've played. 12 13 practice games over the past two weeks i've played one game with my list <laughs> it's just like okay okay fair enough like not that i'm not comfortable with my list like i know what i'm doing with it at this point but it's still uh it's still kind of like i would like to prep for prep myself um but i also understand that it's not the most useful thing for my team for me to be practicing my list into them because i'll just keep breaking their spirit over and over again yeah. Not that I'm not doing that with the other list I'm practicing on. It's just, you know, a little less soul breaking. I did win my first game with Drakari ever. Um, oh my God. Because they were like, he was like, can you practice Drakari into me? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and then my double Void Ravens killed Dante turn one. And I was like, yeah, oh, no. all right. <laughs> it's like double Void Ravens. I killed Dante in four Death Company and like one Sanguinary Guard. And then Drazar killed tw the other 20. Uh, <laughs> Sounds accurate. Sorry, want to do. That's roughly what it felt like. Yeah. Fucking Sanguinar Hurricane Divine on to Drazar, and I'm like, yeah, okay. So he's dead. Oh, the explosion <laughs> killed me. Killed one though. Uh, from the Ravager who was in combo with him. That that's all the all the damage Dante uh, Drazar took. It's <laughs> a weird army. Uh, the German the German Drakari list is two Void Ravens and six Star Technomancer Kronos and two Ravagers. It's a really, really, really weird list. It has like no combat except two characters. It's quite funny. I feel like the banking on those are sisters. Yeah, but I'll yeah. tell you what it was really bad into was a sanguinary guarding cover. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Void Raven bombs, like because they do the splash kind of area effect, are very good probably into sisters, because then somebody's playing MSU sisters all clustered around Morvan Ball or something like that, you just pop yeah. them. 
the problem is, is that after they've done that, do you know what guns a Void Raven Bomber has? Nothing. Two Dark Lances or two... Uh... Yeah, it's two two void sides, so nine nine four d three plus three, and uh, d three shots at six two two, yeah, <laughs> or d six at seven one one. Um, that's it. It's two hundred points. <laughs> I compared it yeah. to a harpy, and I just kind of went, oh, "The harpy's probably a little broken, isn't it?" Uh, <laughs> just a little. Are you saying that an admech gunship smashed together with an admech bomber? Is a good and the Heldrake for a Heldrake and Heldrake is good, maybe madness. Madness, yeah, Tim, in Tim says, Void Ravens either pop off and immediately end the game or do nothing. And sometimes yeah. they do, they do both at the same time. <laughs> it's <laughs> they, quite well, remarkable when, when they do nothing, they do end the game. <laughs> when they do something, they also end the game. But it doesn't even like, even if you kill a bunch of stuff with them turn one, you're probably not killing 400 points worth of stuff. And you're down 400 points of deadweight Void Ravens now. Yeah. You're fair. Like, you're they're fair. not doing anything. They only pivot once. Like, they're not they coming can't back. get anywhere. That's the problem. They're, they're going off the table. They're if not really going anywhere. It's just like, okay, so if you want to bomb this stuff, you have to go off the table. You just. Mm -hmm. They never do anything ever again. And yeah, they don't get involved in combat or anything. It's so sad, man. It's so sad. What are you talking about? They get power from pain. They have a six up invulnerable. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. I think they natively have a five up invulnerable save, anyways. Uh, I think it's shooting, shooting only. <laughs> it might be. It, it is. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's fucking field. Um, yeah, if you've got uh, if you've got a, a ham sandwich and a void raven bomber with a six up invulnerable save, uh, you've got a ham sandwich. They are they are at least very pretty. Tim Penny are, and Chad are, is right. They are very they are elder models. models. That is the extent yes. of my respect. To the <clears throat> anyway, I have a hundred percent. I maintain my hundred percent win with Eldar in uh, any kind of play uh, because the <laughs> army is broken, and anybody who can't win with Eldar is brand dead. Fair. I've won one. Well, we can talk about that. Uh, that's it. That's all I need. Why, why don't we pop off into the stats section and we can chat about some stuff. That sounds lovely. I've been trying oh, real yeah. hard to stall the stat section after I preempted it earlier. <laughs> well, I mean, right, guys, I guess we could it. talk about some Eldar now. performance. We're not going to talk about it that much, Ines. Come on. You, you are. I mean... We'll keep it tame. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the win rate stuff and then I'll talk about the overrep stuff? Sure. Yeah, I'll talk about the win rate stuff. <laughs> uh, give me two seconds because I actually did not pull this up because I thought you had it open. <laughs> I do have it open. I have both things open. I can do both. Oh. Nah, I'll do, the, I'll, I'll, I'll do the weekly win rate stuff <laughs> on the factions that matter. <laughs> the 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 only factions that produced top fours or top ten placements. Just those yeah, ones. pretty much actually, uh, with one exception. But let's focus on the ones that actually matter because some of these things are fake. There we go. All right, so. Um, kind of betraying their death or complete unplayability, uh, Craftworld Eldar, top of the board for the week, with a 58.7% win rate across almost 100 games. 20 players, like, they actually are doing quite well. Um, following that, Tyranids, completely not dead, 56.9% across more than 100 games. Harlequins, 56.3, totally dead still. 
Uh, and then <laughs> rounding out the top five, we have Gene Steeler Cult at 55.8%, but there are only nine players. They're kind of fake still. Okay. Not, not mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Uh, and then with 24 players, we've got sisters who are still in a very healthy 55.6% for the week. Yep. Very, very healthy. That's exactly what you the, want to hear. The big thing that I'm taking away from the win rate data is that the meta is starting to kind of push towards center based yeah. on like the bulk of the data from this week and also from Nephilim as a whole. We're losing win rate across like all the top performing factions and gaining win rate in a bunch of places. So we're starting to kind of merge towards 55 to 45%. Well, yeah, and one of the interesting things, I was talking about this in our chat earlier, is that this is one of the few weeks since we started tracking data back in February where we don't have a faction sitting above 60%. Yep. And I yeah, think in the accumulated like, data... There's a couple of factions are... that are real close to touching it. Sure, they're yeah. close to touching it, but we got so used to for the majority of Nakmund having two or three factions sitting above or well above 60%. And you'll remember Harlequins at their peak flirting with 80%. The fact mm-hmm. that they're below 60 is actually quite nice. Well, for me. I think we're, we're starting to drop even some of those, like across all of Nephilim, some of those factions are dropping below 60% entirely. We're starting to lose factions just above 60 Except for Tyranids who are like just wavering above it essentially at this point. Yeah. And of course, totality. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that Astro Militarum with 10 players is at a 29.4% win rate. Oh, yeah. Where they belong. I mean, yep. The two bottom performing factions for the week are factions without books, though, for ninth edition yet. Yeah. And that's Astro Militarum and Chaos Demons. But Chaos Demons only had six players. True. They only deserved six players. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. It's the, the Slanesh's number. You just made Paul very happy. <laughs> That's one one player per god and two people who still think Bellacor's relevant. <laughs> to be fair, most of the Chaos Demon lists <laughs> do just have Bellacor in them and nothing else. Yeah, it's that, true. that man is a one, one data sheet keeping that win rate in the 30s. That one data sheet is definitely holding that whole book up. It's like Hiveguard in 8th edition, just holding the whole codex <laughs> above its head. Going, look guys, I can do this for only so long. Surprisingly, they did it for most of an edition. It's true. Did it way longer than an edition, buddy. It does sound like we're kind of trending towards balance, maybe, kind of, sort of. It certainly perhaps. seems that way because on the on the low end of ninth edition books, so books that have you know factions where you were actually have modern rules, is T Suns with six, nineteen players and a forty four percent win rate. So, like, that's actually not necessarily unhealthy for the lower bound of modern rules to be sitting just below that 45% threshold that we often talk about. Yep. And they still got top tens and top fours out of the week. So it's not like they're doing badly. They're just, their win rates just marginally outside the balance window. Correct. And uh, the other one that I want to quickly touch on, because we mentioned it last week, uh, Necrons, where they were soaring into the sixties have, crashed back down to 53% this week. Oh, my God. Just so, shockingly bad now. Wow, it, they're only winning most of their game. They're dead again. Yep. Dead but it seems like people have figured out how to play into Necrons, which largely is don't let them score 100 points in the first three turns. Yes. I mean, you definitely Necrons. do get some some sticker shock in that first battle round when your opponent's like, so I scored 35 points, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's including paint, buddy. It's fine. It's true. It is fine, but it is definitely a moment where you're like, man, that's like 30 of your points in your first turn, and we haven't done anything yet. Yep. Yeah, my local game store owner, he played his first game into new Necrons, and he was just like, yeah, at the end of round two, I was down by 35 points, and, I, and I'm playing Tyranids, and I don't know what to do. Um, the answer is, table him. That, I mean, the answer is, can't score 35 more. I mean, it is interesting, because if you look at the average victory points scored for, like, this last week, Necrons are second to Harlequins. <laughs> Although I'm kind of intrigued. Harlequins are scoring almost 78 victory points, which is something. Mm. I had never played against Take Your Places before. It's a surprisingly decent secondary. <laughs> yeah, Take Your Places actually isn't... Now, on some missions, you're trolling if you take it, because your opponent can be like, I'm going to place an objective marker over there that you need to hold. Yeah, because you place the one in your opponent's deployment zone, right? So. Yeah, and they place the one in your, your deployment, deployment zone. zone. And you place one in the middle. So, yeah. like, you can definitely be like, you're going to come to me now, buddy. Please. So, like, picking it against Terranids didn't feel great. But I was like, okay, so you have to stand on this. This right here. I'll put 18 warriors on that, buddy. Yeah. Come on, then. Uh, that felt quite... That felt good. Um, he didn't score a lot of points on that. But the the Void Reavers just couldn't play that. So it makes sense that it was not something I had seen before. Um, but even... Nine boats can play it. Yeah. yeah but I mean, it you're, was just kind of like... Why would you take it over dead before or dead of performance before? But now that you're uncapped, what a great decision that's turning out to be. Uh, yeah, why even not? Even the veil was surprisingly good. I, my opponent took that against me, and I was just like, "Oh, I have like 12 units in my army that are always going to be within 18 inches of this stupid shadow seer, and I can't reach the shadow seer because I just can't project force that far. You're going to basically max this secondary." Yep, they have some good secondaries which are kind of helping the faction out because. All of the WTC builds are nine-star weavers filled with troops with some fusion pistols and near some the of them are some of them are six. Yeah, but most of them are eight or nine. It's a question of whether they took the death gesture or not. Yeah, it's like are you running six and voids or are you running nine, eight or nine? Those are the two choices. It's just not. It's yeah. uh, which really just really puts cool it faction. right back to where it was in Eighth Edition, running three data sheets. Yeah, it's just, the a, it's just a soaring spike build with less fusion pistols. Yeah. I mean, it's Soaring Spite, but now light, because they have the exact same bonus, too. Soaring Spite, Soaring Spite light, was advance right. and shoot, and now light is advance and shoot. Although light is technically better because in Soaring Spite, it was advance and your weapons turn into assault weapons, whereas light is your weapons have no penalty for advancing and shooting. It does have one one small downside, is that if you uh, disembark by transport, you can't catch remaining stationary. So if you disembark in advance, you can't fire the fusion pistols. True. Oh, terrible shame. Tim does have the right point, though. Just fucking kill them. It is. That's how you beat Necrons. Oh, Necrons. I was just, I was assuming he was talking about literally any game right now. That's how you play Nephilim, yeah. Uh, you either have faction secondaries <laughs> that you don't have to do anything, or you have to go and fucking kill them. Yep. There is there is no column C. Uh, <laughs> like, there, there isn't a third <laughs> game plan. Sorry, sorry to tell you, uh, you're either playing Tyranids and your secondaries are spore cysts and cranial feasting, uh, where you have to work your ass off for a seven, or your secondaries are Code of Combat and Treasures of the Aeons, where you exist and score 40. Yep. Oh, come you're on, code, you actually have to kill some things for it. You're taking yeah, Machineries, Purge, and... Uh, machineries, Purge, and uh, Treasures of the Aeons. Treasures. Because Which purge. I still don't understand why they move Treasures of the Aeons to no more, no more, no respite. I really, really don't get it. 
it was a, a very an interesting decision to move stranglehold to the kill things category. <laughs> yeah, some things only GW knows why. <laughs> Knights has been column C, says Tim. Um, Col- column C exists and try and kill some stuff. It's kind of like eh, you're hatching between call. You're like you're just column A and B with benefits. Like that's not real. <laughs> Imperial Knights, perfectly balanced. 51 wins, 51 losses, and 4 draws. Exactly. Alright, I guess we can talk about some overrep data real quick. Yep. So I'm going to talk... So Marines are at the top of this list just because of the way I sorted it. So I make Marines back into what they're supposed to be, which is 15 gnomes in a trench coat. Um, so Marines had 15 top 10s, 4 top 4s, and 1 GT win, which was just... Um, one person with iron hands, I think. That was Nassim. That, that was Nassim. Uh, which gives them an overrep ratio of 0. 0.6. Uh, that's because Marines still make up like 16% of the meta, basically. and <laughs> So they're still not quite where they should be, but they are doing a yeah. lot better in like totality than I think they were. The, the, the problem is, first. Space Marines are 15, 15 gophers in a trench coat, which means they get 15 tournament wins a day. A, a day. Unfortunately, only one person can win. Can win like, all of them share the same 15 wins. Doesn't matter how many of them there are, there's only 15 Space Marine game wins total. And it seems it's like, really, I'm having five they, of those this week. They share the same wins, but they also share the same brain cell. So only one they person can have the brain cell and the wins at the same time. And thankfully, thankfully though, Nassim playing Iron Hand doesn't require the brain cells. So it's true. That's so why Jeremy had it that. the other weekend so that he could kill everything. Nassim could win. All right, uh, Necrons are the second best faction this time. It's ten scarabs in a trench coat pretending to be an army, with fourteen top tens, three top fours, and one GT win, and they're at about a zero point eight. They have soared to almost ten percent of the meta. They are the second most represented faction um, aside from Marines. So they're the largest mono book faction currently uh, by representation. They've basically grown every week since the Nephilim release. And they might hit a little higher because I personally think Necrons are pretty easy to pilot. And everybody's got them from Indomitus as well. Yeah, you can find like a 2000 point Necron army for... Three or four hundred dollars yeah. Canadian. The real, the real question I have: Are people running score packs unironically, or do they just not have wraiths? That's that's what they every just, time I look at the necklaces, I'm like, why are these not wraiths? So score packs are better into Eldar, is the rationalization that I've heard. Because wraiths hit on fours, score packs hit on threes and have rerolls. That's just the rationalization that I've heard. But they don't have a four-up invun, <laughs> and when your opponent's game plan is table you most of the time and your reaction to that is well i'll just score more uh like i feel like it's better at that right you're also just five points more than a score pick Are they more i think that's well? accurate yeah that's fair yeah but they also fly no sorry they don't fly they move through terrain as if it's and they're four inches faster mm-hmm. they still get plus one to hit from silent king like, I don't know, man. I would rather just run. I, every time I'm like, I just want race. I guess the that's like four or five games of the Spanish list. I'm just like, I wish these were race. I think it just depends on if you want your pillow fort to have the ability to fight back or not. No, like, race are so much anything. easier to fight. It's true. Well, they maybe. have 40s and 50s. They're both on 50, but race are a lot skinnier. True. <laughs> they they are. easier. And Tyranids are the third best faction of the week. They have 11 top 10s, 5 top 4s, and 1 GT win again. 
Uh, they bounced back a little bit from last week where they didn't really have the top fours or any GT wins. Uh, they're at a 2.12 for overrep into the top four. Their <clears throat> faction representation has kind of stuck around 5 to 6%. So they're still performing really well. They're really getting into top fours. They're just not converting the second half of it into GT wins as much anymore. Oh, yeah. I'll shout out my boy, uh, my boy Aaron, who won the GT in Gibraltar this weekend. Aaron had been struggling, going three and two and four and four and two, four and one with Kraken constantly. Played Leviathan, smacked GT at the gate. Uh, Go figure. <laughs> and uh, mm. he messaged me on the Saturday night. He was like, "I've got uh, nine Custos bikes in the morning. What should I take?" And I went behind enemy lines, just go kill him. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so he it. did that, and it was great. It was very easy, simple army to play. Uh, Leviathan turrets. If you're if you're still playing Kraken, don't don't be. Just get some stop. Get some help. Uh, fourth fourth best faction is Sisters, at eight top tens, four top fours, and zero wins. But they're still at a healthy overrep at about one point nine. So they're still almost two times more represented than they should be in top fours. And then our fifth best faction, which everybody will find is funny, but I weigh top fours and top tens more than GT wins, just for the purposes of how I sort the table. Crafter Old Eldar got seven top tens, five top fours, and three GT wins. Um, and are currently at an overrepresentation of 2.86. Goodness. So, they're, so like they're, I said they're earlier, closing it's totally in dead. Totally dead, yeah, those Eldar. Um, um, one of the GT winners was a just bizarre Yanari list that I just don't quite fully grasp with my brain yet, but maybe just I just don't, don't try. It's probably like the Ark of the Covenant. If you understand it too well, your brain will melt. <laughs> yep. Uh, I want to just shout out Chris Kinnair, who won the Glass Hammer GT last weekend with Necrons, who runs Scorpex or Wraith. They both suck. Hard agree <laughs> that more people should just be running Void Dragon and Nightbringer, uh, because that is how you come out dick swinging, uh, and that is exactly what Chris does. And I am I'm a big fan of Chris. Chris is a Chris is a good friend. Um, yeah, but people are running Scorpex, and every time I play them, I'm like, if you're going to run this unit, why aren't they Wraiths? Um, true. Now the fact that they shouldn't be running either unit is by the by. And then we'll quickly just run through a few top hits real quick. So Harlequins, who are totally dead, got five top tens, three top fours, and then one a GT, which they hadn't done in a little bit, and are at a 2.45 for overrep. Uh, and then other than that, we have Chaos Knights who can't convert from the top ten to the top four and have a zero for overrepresentation ratio. Oh, no. <laughs> um, they join Guard and Demons as the uh, only three factions to not get a top four from the weekend. Mechanicus yeah, managed to get a top four. Deeper energy, don't they? They do. And then, where is it? I knew it was here somewhere. Oh, Tau have taken the long drop and apparently are just at six top tens, one top four, and one GT win, and a 0.4 for over rep. All the good Tau players are playing sisters now. And next true. Uh, and a 55% other than that, win rate, which is not terrible. It just means they no. can't finish. Yeah. They're still a good faction. Mechanicus, who have been competitively abandoned, are at 1.3%, managed a 1.9 for overrep ratio because there are just so few of them. <laughs> so few of them, but they're all one very dedicated. Well. One top four got them 2.5%, so almost got them to two on their overrep ratio. <laughs> this over is why when is you start getting towards the bottom with some of the lower representation factions, overrep gets a little weird. Uh, but otherwise, I think things to keep an eye on are Craft World Eldar, Continue to keep an eye on Tyranids and Harlequins. Three totally dead factions and see what happens. 
sisters are kind of at a weird kind of flex point where they might be too good or they might not be too good because they're still doing really well and you still see some events where it's like necrons tyranids sisters 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 <laughs> um just kind of all tidally in a row so something to watch but craft world other apparently still can win even though hail of doom got nerfed so that it's all consuming so let's shout out the update to the meta dashboard that went out today. So if you go to statcheck.com slash the hyphen meta, you can see the meta dashboard, which is where we pull all these stats from. That was updated again today by our wonderful, wonderful Cliff. Uh, if you want to call, if you want to look at what I believe Tim Penny coined the problem quadrant, it's anything that's above the half, that's above the halfway line on the on the faction and above the halfway line on the win rate. There are currently four factions mm-hmm. sat in there, which is Necrons, Terranids, Harlequins, and Sisters, and then Eldar all the way down at like no play rate that are doing the same thing. That's um, Eldar Soup, yeah, yeah, Eldar Soup, very very good stuff. There's Probably. hardly anyone who plays Eldar Soup these days, yeah. so it tends to be in a kind of weird position. There's also yeah, a new like drop down menu. Five people winning with five, five, 100% winning with Cabal of the Blackheart and Light Harlequins and such like that. That kind of says, yeah, this is probably still pretty good. But there is a new drop down menu for all those people who want drop down menus. There's an event filter now, so you can look at single events. Oh my God, that's going to get really long really quickly. It's already very long. Oh, I don't it's, know what you're talking about. There are way too many events. <laughs> to, to our good friends at Goonhammer, um, what if too much 40k? <laughs> yeah, this weekend, this weekend with the way the BCP is updated was what if too much 40k for me to manually go through this and make sure everything is correct in it or not? Do you want to as, as Jeremy has a moment as, 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 well? as, as uh, Jer- as, as Uncle Unky Jezza over there has, has a moment in the corner. <laughs> yeah, BCP decided to soft launch their new web uh, portal this today, and uh, it makes my life a living hell. So I'm gonna normally uh, that's our job. Yeah, normally everyone else, <laughs> the community does that for me. But yeah, uh, can't view lists, can't sort events by size, can't sort events by rent by number of rounds. So I'm just clicking through on every single list that I, every single event that I see that has 25 or more players registered. At least it does show that. Yep. Jeremy can no longer be a size queen, is what we've learned. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I had to do today to look at all the top tens, and then I realized I can that I can no longer on the web on the web portal. Earlier today, they said you couldn't. It didn't let you sort by round. Okay, it's still showing up for me as being able to run. So maybe I'm just built different, or I've still maybe they soft the online. Are you on? I, I'm going to quickly detour this. Are you on web.bestcoastpairings.com? Yeah. yeah, they launched a new one, which is amplify.bestcoastpairings.com, which is uh, going to be getting their rid new of set. web. Or yeah, they're getting rid of web as far as I can tell. Well, that that's not yeah. cool. I don't like that. And when you look yeah, at all, placements, old hot links are now redirecting to the amplify immediately. So I'm just oh, like, that, okay. That's good. All the, placing data is, all the placing data is now agnostic to faction as well, and you can't just click on them to figure out what faction they are either. You have to go back to the roster, look for their name to pull the faction, double-check their list through there, which is half-broken, because even though I have an active subscription, I can't look at any of the lists for like 90% of the events that I was filtering through today. There's a bunch of fun stuff that's going to happen in the stat side of stuff over the next week. Yeah, I've already had to start writing a way of of scraping results. That's somewhat reliable. So I don't so if somebody an hour per event. If somebody from BCP is watching this video or in our chat, please fix your shit. 
or just reach out and have a discussion. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm all for making things better. <laughs> well, I mean, you could always grab or, feet, though, or listen to Jeremy and please reach out to us at stat check so we can just have a conversation <laughs> and be mature adults about this instead of me yelling at you through the internet. Cool. Do you want to announce how, how the faction ranking thing is working? You want a brief breakdown on that since we launched that this week? Yes, we could definitely talk about that. Um, so let me actually just pull up my screen and make sure I'm showing the right thing. Action. Uh, apparently I don't have a bookmark. <laughs> I've got it open if you want me to share my screen. Yeah, go for it. I can just hit the I Jeremy, I can see your screen share here. Oh, okay. Here it is. Oh, but uh oh. oh fuck. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no. There it is. Hit the screen maximize button. <laughs> No, there we go. <laughs> so much. Uh, yeah, so this is using the same backend calculations that's being used to generate the CRS, the 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 fat the player ranking system. So basically, what I've done is I've taken the same results and what is effectively weighting your CRS score for each game, and published what the current stat status is. Um, so if you're looking at anything above 1500, that's generally a more winning faction, anything below 1500, that's generally a more losing faction. And right now sitting at the top, you have Craftworlds, Eldar Soup, Sisters, Tau, and Custodes, surprisingly enough. Well, that's nice. Oh, uh, Chaos Basement is getting bottom. up above 1500, de-weighting yeah. Anthony's rankings and killing his dreams of being the number one CRS player. Yeah, CSM is, uh, is climbing a little bit. <laughs> in the very bottom, you have Imperial Fists at a 1340, which is just a little sad. See, but what I'm, what I'm also not being played very much. My favorite is the fact that Adeptus Titanicus is higher <laughs> ranked than Australitarium, <laughs> Crimson Fist, Raven Guard, and Imperial Fist. <laughs> and that is solely on the fact that there's only been two people in the entire season that have played Adeptus Titanicus. Which is also why Titanicus Traitoris is only is like six spots above it because only one person has played <laughs> Chaos. So your rankings have to get tanked a little bit before they're down bad. Um, yeah. yeah. So what I'm noticing from that is if you play Thousand Suns and you're half competent, you're going to get loads of points because they are in the gutter for CRS. For now, yes. But this does change very oh, look, rapidly. Where's TJ? <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at that. TJ, 3810 and sitting at number six overall. With thousand sons, I wonder if that could be correlated. No, definitely not. No. Definitely, definitely just a, a, correlation a, a, in the thing. Spurious. Spurious. Uh, I, will, I do want to shout out uh, Nassim finally breaking into that top ten with his five and zero oh, uh, Iron Hands performance this weekend. He is now twenty four and three with Iron Hands this season, which is pretty quite good. the quite the achievement. We just need him to you know win a super major now. <sighs> Still very good. Venus just says that because he's now in second to Tom Ogden. No, I mean I've done. I've I, tr I tried it. I tried it again to see if it felt good the second time. It doesn't. You don't need to worry about it, guys. It was flash in the pan. And with that, I will stop sharing my screen so that I don't fuck something up along the way. Oh, that was um, going well. I was enjoying that. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> cool. All right. Are so we, we didn't really have any changes to that. Yeah, that's it. We're gonna call it there on stats, but I want to. Poke the bear a little bit. Are we moving on to rankings? Name. Yeah, we we're going to talk about rankings because we did just talk about show the CRS. And right, Jeremy, I'm going to add this to the stream, okay? 
Uh, or do we want to do an intro first? Actually, I'm going to do some plugs first. Let's do that. Yeah, go for it. Okay. If you're still with us, it clearly means you're enjoying the show, which means that we would really love it if you could chuck us a little bit of support and either chuck a like or a comment or a share or whatever you do on whatever platform you're on, a review on podcasts, a comment on the YouTube, anything like that is a massive help to us. It really helps us out with discoverability, makes us feel loved, which is why we do this. Uh, if you're really enjoying the show and you are in a position to be able to support us, we would love it if you could check us out at patreon.com slash statcheck, where for $5 a month, you can become part of our Discord. You'll also get access to all of our bonus content. Uh, that is the number one way you can support the show. We are currently doing very well on that. We're very happy with uh, how, the, how things are progressing. Uh, and we, we're paying our editor, which is great. Uh, that, that was that was the goal. And uh, we've hit that. So that is, uh, we're truly, really happy with that because it means that we're no longer just being like, yo, Curie, could you just edit our thing for us? Uh, and we're now actually paying him money, uh, which is, you know, it makes us feel better. And uh, us feeling better is how we continue to provide you with better content. To that end, we have released a few episodes of our bonus content now. Bonus content comes out every Friday for the patrons. Uh, so far, we have done a interview which came out with, with Nathan which came out last Friday and also we did a WTC draft. We have also released a WTC breakdown uh, for a bunch of people who are new to the event which we put out for everybody that came out yesterday so please check that out if you're interested. We would uh, love to see more because we're hoping to do quite a lot of WTC content whether that's pre, post and also hopefully during um, and we will be releasing the interview with Nathan on Friday for everybody as part of the two week delay program where every two weeks we'll release some of the bonus content for everybody some of the stuff we're proud of because we uh, won't be more able to see it. And frankly, exclusivity rights for two weeks, you'll take that for a couple of dollars a month. So uh, thank you uh, for listening to my spiel. Uh, please go back to enjoying the show. And that's it. Uh, we don't have any ads or anything like that on top of that. This is all self-supported for us. So uh, massive props to Nathan for doing most of the money side of things. I think they came out and were like, you need to fill out this form now for tax reasons. And we all went, uh, no, we don't understand this. So Cliff's going to look at that for us because Cliff is the adult in the room. Um, so yeah, that's thank cool. you. Thank you guys for putting us in a position where we are now having to look at tax things. I think that's a good thing. Oh yeah, and you can thank check you, us out everyone. on our website at stat-check.com where you can see all of the data, all of the, all the information. Uh, you, you can't see the back end of it because that's all a little bit proprietary and GDPR stuff I think comes into that as well where we can't be like, yo, this is uh, the things for people. But you can see all of the, all of the output. Uh, you're, feel free to fire us an email if you uh, think that there's something that we could improve or something that you'd like to talk about. We are more than happy to have a look at anything as long as we have time, which we usually do because we're all 4K players, which means when we're not playing 4K, we're thinking about 4K. Or true. Now let's, yeah. now shall we go and poke the bear? Yeah, yeah let's poke that bear. Let's poke let's, the bear. Okay. So I, I, I'm poking myself here because um, I'm on the committee for Canada now. But War Games rankings launched, soft launched yesterday, um, and they put out their list of the 20 best players in North America. Which uh, actually course, no, the website just says 40k rankings. It doesn't say anything about North America on it. True, it just fair. says 40k rankings. If you read deep into the description, they eventually make a make a point about it being North America. But I was wondering why I didn't see any of the top 15 from the ITC in there. <laughs> I was wondering where I was real bad, and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> and then I read that it was North America. And I was like, "Okay, I don't feel as bad now." <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Tim and Alex, you guys are beautiful and wonderful human beings. Uh, so naturally, being the stats nerd that I am, I immediately was like, okay, so this is the top 20 according to a panel of judges. How do they rank up on our CRS, on our ELO, and on the ITC? And Not well, there... guys. 
Some of them do. Some of them actually do. And I'm going to throw this up right now where I put together a little comparison of the Wargame <laughs> rankings, their score, their CRS, their ELO, their ITC rank, and then their average rank. Well done, Tom Ogden. You look real good right now. Yeah, Tom Ogden, if anything, I would move him up one. <laughs> if we're going by average rankings on everything, just just put Tom at the very top. He is an outstanding player, and he has just been, especially when you look at his CRS, he's dropped one game this entire season. I like Sean's one. average rank being nine because he's unranked in three of them. He's got War Games ranking of nine, and that's it. That's why I wanted yeah. to put a standard deviation in here. It wouldn't do anything for Sean's, but it would be really funny for Richard Siegler's, where he's ranked fourth and then 4,151st. <laughs> with an average rank of 2,077. That's what happens when you go to one event and it's ATC. It's true. You win that one event, but doesn't get you a lot of points. Yeah. No. I think this is, I think, I don't want to go too far off of the, the criticism thing because it feels kind of disingenuous at this point because Reddit's already, like Reddit decided this Gunnar yeah, article wasn't good. Yeah, everyone decided to, to And if Reddit it. decided that your Gunnar article wasn't good, you, you fucked up. Um, quite frankly, but the, the basic gist of the, the why we've been talking about this because all of the chats blew up with this yesterday when this dropped, uh, which is why we're addressing it because we think it's interesting and we are also you know we're providing an, an ELO ranking service that is in a similar space to this and we thought it was we thought it was interesting enough and in our wheelhouse enough that we should we should have a look at it and I don't want to side this off because I'm sure the guys are trying really hard on this and they're working Agreed. and they're trying to do something that they think is cool and they think is interesting. I have a problem with the messaging that they put out, which was basically that this was going to be kind of an objective thing or a seasonal thing. If you're doing it every two months, are you do, you're like are you expecting things to change in two months? Which implies it's going to be based on current data. And then Richard Siegler and Sean Naden are in here, and they've played one event between them since February. Um, it just kind of I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way in the way that the messaging came across, and then the way that the um, the author and other people were defending it on top of that. I just didn't enjoy the way that messaging was portrayed and i think it's made it look like something it's not which is what it is is it's something based on an american draft system um that they're using i believe college football i'm not going to claim to be an expert on this at all so we can talk about that too because there is the associated press ncaa college football ranking system where uh the press essentially and coaches can vote and ranks essentially are created out of that process unfortunately for them that system is a kind of despised but b the whole process for voting is also open so all the ballots are open so you can see who voted for whom and how that process actually works and none of that transparency stuff exists for this particular system but i aside from that i want to agree with ns that like the majority of the qualms that i have with this system is that it's being presented as an alternative that is objective to other ranking systems and the other part that I have qualms with is that it was presented as a system that would celebrate lesser known players. There like are from various two regions people that... on this list that I would say are lesser known. I mean, there's like five people on this that I have only kind of heard of. And then the rest of it is, yeah, I would say like, I'm not going to just pull out names. Yeah. Uh, there's like a few people here that I'm like, I wouldn't have probably picked them, which I guess is kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I just don't like the way that the messaging came out from this. Uh, I think what it's done is it's, you could probably make a decent argument that this is the 20 best players in the United States I don't or the United States and Canada or 20 of the best 25 or whatever, which I don't think, like, it's a definitely a system that works to pull that out. I don't think it orders them well. 
um, because it heavily favors name recognition because you get low votes for that. Whereas, you know, sure. when you're kind of in the scrum, you just, you get chucked around uh, based on, you know, per people's perceptions. And yeah, that, that's fine. Like that, that's what it's going to always be. There's other, there's better ways to rank individual, but if you want, you want to pull out a list of the 20 best players or the 30 best players in the US, this is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a ranking of them. No. I don't know. I think feel like that's just... I guess the one thing I want to say it's is like this system problem. would work so much better as a regional ranking system instead. Agreed. Instead of a national one. Like if you pulled out various US regions, like including the central region or whatever, and you ranked the 20 best players in it, there would be names on there that inevitably people wouldn't be aware of. And they could see who the people are who are doing well in those regions. Because those are not necessarily caught in the ITC or the CRS system because they're not on the first like page maybe for a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of one of these things where like, you know, as a Canadian and I'm, I'm on the, we're, we're looking to, to even break up Canada into East and West because there is such a huge divide in our community between just ge- geographically um, that, you know, we have one Canadian on this list, Sam, who really only has the recognition that he has because he attended Motor City Mayhem in the States and and because Anthony won't shut up about him. Well, the only reason <laughs> Anthony won't shut up about him was because he showed up to MCM and no, just Anthony blew was everyone's doing that well doors off. Right? Not to the same. Oh point. no, sorry. I'm thinking of um, Steel City of Salt City, which was yeah. He was at Salt City as well, but Motor City Madness is where he really got the name outside of Canada. Like here in Canada, we've known him as a really, really good player for a while now. And if I was to put together a ranking of the top 20 Canadian players, he would be near the top, if not at the top. So from that perspective, it's one of these things where, you know, the the lesser known regions or the regions that have less representation in the voting system at first are being overshadowed. So I really do like Nathan's suggestion of and I think that they're they're open to feedback and criticism. They're not ignoring it and they're not shutting it down. <laughs> I'm chin chin up, chin up, Nathan. Apparently, uh, let me talk over this bar down here. Uh, Uncle Uncle Unky Jezza wants to have the freedom for the Quebecois over on the eastern side of the country. No, he just wants Vancouver Island to f off. <laughs> no, Alberta. We'll just pull them out. They can be Texas yeah. North. Oh, man, nobody wants Texas North. Nobody like, wants that. Yeah. So to round out on this one, because I don't want to dunk on it for too long. No, uh, and and I, and I want to make war for winning the R of War popularity contest. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk on it a little bit, but it's not, it's yeah. not for long. Yeah, I am looking forward to seeing what it evolves into, and I'm also looking forward to seeing who ends up, who else ends up contributing to this, and if it ends up becoming more of a regional representation, then we may end up finding out about players that we don't otherwise know about. I would like to see it fix its messaging, and I can't wait to see the UK rankings. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see this expanded. Like, I don't think it's a bad idea. No, definitely like there not. Are, like, there are reasons to do a system like this, but this is done. The initial execution of this is very poor. And I think the messaging the on it is, poor, is and the way extremely poor. And also, the like, response on social media from the group who started it has also been kind of poor. So... <laughs> to be fair, that's one individual. And I think we can right. kind of discount their contributions so, to this. Okay. I'm going to touch on that as well. That individual, and I, again, I don't want to like pull them out, but uh, the 
because the article was published in the way it was and that individual has had so much control over the messaging it looks like it's his that that's what it looks like for a lot of people that is the association that's been built now if the organization didn't want that they should have done it differently uh and they're not going like that association is a thing that exists and it's not a thing you can that they can say isn't part of their thing now because it just is unfortunately um and again i don't want to be like like the guy doesn't deserve any hate or anything for this. Like no, definitely guy, not. The guy has very strong feelings about this and wanted to defend it, and I get that. I just mm-hmm. don't like the way he did that or the things he, the, the avenues he took um, to defending it. Unfortunately, yeah. and or like I said, little jabs at other ranking systems for no apparent reason. <laughs> it's not no apparent reason. It's because we were jabbing at him. Uh, we did. We weren't. Yeah. We weren't at that point. But we did eventually. Now we have. Now, now no, we no, are. Now we have. We, we definitely <laughs> <Now> we have. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because it's spurring the discussion, which is yep. talking about how we rank players, talking about the best way of assessing how what players are the best. It's not a bad discussion to have. Oh, yeah. And if you think the e, the, the American one was bad and the UK one's going to be worse, because it is, the EU one is going to be so bad. Oh, no. Dude, I, I couldn't. Even... I can't imagine the regions that they would do with that. Would they actually just do countries, or would they go like Central, Europe, How Eastern, you and Western across Europe? Countries. You guys are barely even doing. You guys, you guys decided not to by opting out of comparing Canada because. Well, sorry. I guess Canada opted out of having any competition. Um, it's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> You're. In case you haven't noticed, Jeremy, you've just replaced Anthony's role as Innes's punching bag on the show. Apparently. Just letting you know. It's more Canada is deserving of <laughs> all of it. His is Nick Ranavati like... going to represent all of Europe? <laughs> oh, no. Well, he he is going to be Sweden one be in the, time. So he's going to be on Finland, the... He's, he's definitely going to be on the English uh, rankings, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He'll be number right. one in the UK. It's all definitely right. a thing that will happen. Let's move on. Let's Great. move on. Uh Good luck to the war games, the war games ranking guys. I really look forward to seeing what you continue to do with this. Um, I think it's an interesting conversation starter, and with better messaging, could be something that is actually fun and interesting to engage with every couple of months. Yep. Uh, which is Agreed. ultimately what the goal of this should be. Uh, this is not going to replace real rankings. Uh, I don't think anybody is suggesting it should. This is a power rankings. This is based on perception. Uh, player just needs to award. just needs to fix the messaging so that it looks like it knows that. Um, and then it'll be fine. Then it's just a bit of fun. <laughs> okay, let's do. Let's jump onto questions. I'm sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm so let's sorry. start with this. Let's start with this specific one. <laughs> Stat check. Talk Can you about... please give Unky Jezza some cover by reminding us that Frontiers exists? Thanks. <laughs> um. Okay, Unky Jezza, you need to tell me that Frontiers exists. That... <laughs> Ennis, my 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 darling nephew, <laughs> did you know that there's a show called Frontiers? No. When can I find? Where can I find that? I wouldn't know. Oh, Not fuck. on this network. I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> it's on a different network, but I don't really think that they <laughs> get a lot of attention. You can find Frontiers, which is hosted by the lovely people Sam Lemon, Benny Way. Alex Taus and Alex Surnameless, I think that is his technical name, um, which you can find on the Best and Tabletop Network on whenever they stream it, I think is the preferred nomenclature. Uh, Alex, if you have a better better idea of when you stream, I don't know, I'd hope so. Uh, give us 
drop it, drop it in the chat. I'll plug you. I don't mind. I seem to remember it's every other Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, but that might just be my memory playing. Why would there. you know that? It is a really good show. I'm a numbers guy. Play. I know some weird shit. <laughs> I remember the weirdest numbers. If oh, Alex, Jeremy's... please tell me if I was correct with that number, because I will be very happy if I was. Uh, if we Jeremy love, is anything we, like we me, he just collects players. information. So. No, that was but, yeah, okay. You should definitely <laughs> watch. Go Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern. The Frontiers guys are live. They cover weird and wacky metas from all over the world, like Australia, New Zealand, and some other ones. Uh, like Asia. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. Uh, Alex has recently moved to Korea and started smashing up their tournament scene. Not Alex Taos, the Alex we like. Um, <laughs> well, I like Alex Taos. Why? You, you don't hear he's 25 now. You don't have to be nice to him because he's a child. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, he's, that's he's like a proper eight. adult now. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he's, the same well, he's, he's one of the people who's going to be on the stats-focused episode while you guys are at WTC doing nonsense. Oh, no. Oh, I'm oh, so sorry. No. I was saying, and this is how it was correct. Do you know, are the timings correct? Like, I don't know. Nobody does. Uh, at this point, we're moving on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump over to questions in the Discord. As always, if you would like to ask us a question, uh, you can do so in the show questions thread on the Discord if you are a Patreon member. Otherwise, you can check us out on the live stream, which is live every Tuesday at 11 p.m. UK, 5 p.m. Eastern. No, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Standard. Something like that. I don't really care. Um, now-ish. An hour ago. Yeah. Whenever. An hour ago. <laughs> Uh, if you're on the live stream, you can ask us questions without having to be part of the Discord. Uh, so those are the two best ways that you can continue to be part of the show. Uh, otherwise, thank you. Uh, you can always check back on the live streams, the vlogs, the podcasts, wherever you like. Uh, if you like it with timestamps or you like watching it on two times speed, which I can't recommend. I don't think any of us understand me at two times speed. I barely understand you at one time speed, NS. Yeah. Uh, RVD, uh, one of the, the guys in the Biff Pod Discord, listens to us on two times speed and I genuinely don't how? understand it. I don't know how you would manage to do that. While he's going through the Discord for questions, I will read this one out from Shackleton. Uh, how did the boys here feel about Horace Heresy 2.0? I'll start on that one. I I yeah. picked up the Age of Darkness box and a couple extra boxes of, of Marines and bits and bobs. Uh, played a few games. It's a lot of fun. It's It makes for good beer hammer. So long as you aren't taking it seriously and you aren't in a state where you're when you're playing against people that you know you aren't going to argue with because there is definitely some janky stuff that happens in that game that while they've cleaned up the seventh edition rules there are still some things like template is roughly here bounces mm-hmm. hmm let's not i definitely like aspects of horse heresy like from reading the rules and talking to some people about it i like react like the way reactions work i think that's kind of a neat you're not sitting in your opponent's like shooting phase, not doing anything as they pick up all your stuff. Instead, you can kind of do some stuff back. But I don't play Horus Heresy exclusively and probably will not play Horus Heresy exclusively, mostly because I think Marines are boring. You're That's fair. boring. <laughs> Whereas like me, a Marine player, I can be like, I only get to play against Marines. This is lovely. They printed Horus Heresy and they didn't put Invis in it. Like oh, it's 7th edition without no. Invis. Why, why would I please want no. that? They might put it back in. You never know. They might add it back. Also, I they do, then I'll reconsider well. it. Like, I need that or Electro Displacement. One of the two. Like, hey, look, it's Aaron. Oh. Hey, Aaron. Hello, we shared you out earlier. Congratulations, Congratulations on the win. Also, I do you love Jeremy. I just love the Imperial Guard side of him. Not not the Ravenwing side of him. It's just how it works. <laughs> okay, let's jump into questions. Questions, questions. 
I had these open and then I got a message. Fuck. Oh my gosh. I know, yes. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> Anthony, is this going to be your first time out of the United States and into Europe? I think, yes, it is technically his first time. I was hoping he was going to answer. But I don't think... Man, he did say he might pop in while driving just to swear at us a whole bunch. So not I guess at, he's not at doing us, that today. The previous topic. It's true. Okay. At Nathan, if Anthony is traveling to Scotland at a rate of 590 miles per hour of JFK traveling towards Edinburgh, what is his blood alcohol level before the WTC begins? Man, that's a good question. I don't know how many drinks Anthony likes on international travels, but if he gets free drinks on his flight, I assume that by the time he lands, his blood alcohol level will be at least the equivalent of the exchange rate for the United States. Good. Uh, on a scale of one to potato, how sad am I that I have to use an actual bone sword and lash on my high turn? So for context, for WTC, things have to be very WYSIWYG. So I have a big 3D printed scythe for my high turn. That doesn't have a la- that doesn't have a lash whip, and it got rejected because it doesn't have a lash whip. <laughs> like, so I'm not. I don't much care for the WTC's conversion policy this year. Um, they are being based on my coup right. against it. It um, does sound pretty tyrannical. I won't lie. Uh, so yeah, I had to rip the arms off my Forge World Hive Tyrant to put them onto a onto a plastic mm. fire. I was real sad, but it means I'm going to be able to put the wings on him now because I've got the wings ready to go on him, so it'll be fine. He's just going to get the wings in the scythe now. <laughs> You'll show up at what? LGT? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to play turns at LGT. I don't know. So LGT is like a month and a half away. I have no, no idea what I'm playing yet. That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I understand why the WTC is being as strict as they are because they want to make sure that there are no misunderstandings between players because of the number of languages that everyone speaks there and conversions can lead to some rather awkward conversations. But He's got one thing in his list. Let him have. Let him have his scythe. What's our okay. next question? Just, justice for Reaper. That's what I. <laughs> I see that hashtag in our future. Hashtag Justice for Ennis. What local foods am I going to make Anthony sample? So we're going to take him for a chippy tea on the Saturday, I think, and part of that will involve a deep fried Mars bar. Are you going to take him for that weird all deep fried snack plate thing that you guys are talking about? Munch, yeah, that, that'll be what he gets from the okay. chippy, probably because he doesn't eat fish. Uh, we will also have him on Iron Brew, Buckfast, and Whiskey. Those are all going to be staples of his diet. I believe <laughs> somebody's bought him a can of dragon soup. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, sounds which... like care instructions for like somebody's pet being I'm sent gonna... to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look. I'm gonna just Google dragon soup for for the people who don't uh, know. It's not spelled soup. If you're trying to Google it, it's S O O P. Uh, I have to sign in to say that I'm over 18 to be allowed on this website. Uh, <laughs> you can't oh show it on your screen, then, please. <laughs> yeah, I can. It's fine. Okay, fine. Brewing breakfast. Okay. So this is dragon soup. Oh, those are illegal in the United States. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Four it's uh, for loco. It's for loco. Yeah. You just but can't it's... have them in the U.S. anymore. Yeah. yeah so blame frat gonna... boys for that one. Mm. Yeah. So we're gonna try and kill him. Uh... <laughs> Ooh, blue pineapple and kiwi. Mark Murphy has the right message. Thoughts and prayers for Anthony. That's going to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the goal is for him to have a cardiac arrest sometime around Sunday morning. Uh, and then we're going to take him for a traditional morning. We're going to take him for morning rolls on the, on the Sunday morning, which is just bacon and sausage rolls, basically. But you have that for breakfast mm-hmm. because we're a healthy country. Definitely. I definitely have never eaten a full English breakfast, you know, 
No, we're going to take him for a full skull action. I'm going to make him get Haggis on his. Ooh, I do want to try Haggis. Come on. It's good stuff. Every, everything's you just kind of have to like hold your nose a little bit the first time and then realize that it's basically just the same stuff the hot dogs are made out of, but it's probably healthier. I mean, so I've eaten durian and enjoy it, so Haggis can't be that bad. It's really, it's quite good. It's quite nice, to be honest. Okay, what is next? Um... Hello, Innes and Anthony. Anthony's not here, guys. Like, come on. Go, I didn't you know this yesterday. I am leading my competitive 40k team by playing together on weekends and getting reps to help each other with their army and game knowledge. I want to help our team get better with execution and get as many reps for any upcoming GTs or majors. Besides getting reps in and discussing post-game analysis, what recommendations do you do to help your 40k team get better at the game? Hmm. Hmm. Man, reps is like the thing that I think about for like improving your skills. Like you can only improve your skills so much by not doing something. And doing the thing is like the biggest way of improving yourself at skill-based things. Although, Innis, do you want to link your leveling up in 40k competition PDF? Uh, no. No, I don't. Because I'm going to maybe have a look at updating and doing it as a blog post sometime next month. Okay. Uh, I think that'd make a good blog so. post. It would, it would make a good like actual so, visual graphics as opposed to what I had, which was a sideways <laughs> piece of paper. Uh, <laughs> if you join our Patreon, though, you can see the initial draft. You, you sure can. You sure can see the one that says that I'm only kind of good at singles. Uh, <laughs> which is why you could tell it's from a while ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would say the best thing you can do is to change how you approach playing reps. Um, at, the, at the start of, like, when you're just trying to get started on Kibeta 4K, the best thing you can do is just play games, play games to the finish, mm-hmm. play the scrappy end games and see what happens. When you're trying to practice to get better, it can often be helpful to do, like, two or three games in an hour or in a couple of hours rather than one game. So just, you know, do the deployment, play through turn one if it ends up, being a snowball one way or the other, just reset and do it again and then do it yeah. again and try and go through those things. And one thing I've found that really helps with practice is when I just, on like turn two, I'll just stop my opponent and be like, right, let's just talk about what we think is going to happen from here. And then we're both, and then if our opinions don't align, we just discuss why. And that can be really helpful with my teammates, especially to be like, this is why I think this is going to happen. This is why I think this isn't going to happen. And if we don't think the same thing is going to happen, then that means that one of us has a fundamental flaw in understanding of the matchup. And that's the things that we need to address more than anything else. I don't need another three turns of this is how I shoot my army and this is how I play combat. I, I understand that at this point. I've got the mechanics down on that stuff. It's, you know, understanding the expectations of this is how a game is going to play out. That's a lot more important. And I would recommend trying that. Uh, to yeah. follow up on that one, I'll jump quickly on Charles's question from chat. Any tips for conducting effective quick test games? Just do it. Stop stalling between games and things like that. Just, you know, talk to your opponent. Don't view the game as an adversarial thing. Play on short clocks is another thing I would recommend. Uh, a teammate of mine and I play on 30-minute check clocks. And we, like, we'll, we'll not try to finish a five-game five game turn that time, but we'll try and get through, like, three turns uh, while making, like, as minimal decisions as we can. And then we'll finish the game out, like, if it's turn four, we'll just be like, right, so what roughly happens from here? Um, but it lets you get through games a lot quicker. Uh, the last thing I would recommend is if you can practice in threes or fives or whatever and have one person who can just set up a board with their army on it and ready to go for the next game and they can in between games they can go between tables and be like trying to talk through stuff and bouncing ideas off of each other and then when one person finishes one person jumps off to be to take on the table loss roll and the other one jumps onto the game and you just get going and you just cycle through games quickly that way uh, it's not easy and it's something you have to set up and you also have to have a lot of trust with the people that you're doing table lossing with to be like are they going to give us relevant advice? Is this going to be helpful? Um, but that's what I do when I'm doing like training days with the other Team Scotland guys is I'll just sit and I'll be like, 
on whoever's on the losing side of whatever matchup at the end of turn two, I'll just try and talk through them to try and find winning lines or better points or anything like that. Uh, and that can all, it's all things you can do and you don't have to do all of this, but like find the things that work for you and your group uh, because there is obviously merit in just playing games of 40k. That's, if that's what you want to do as well, there's nothing wrong with just playing games. I think I agree with all that, right? Like that makes sense too. You're yeah. practic- like I think there was a, there's a really good episode of Art of War that I listened to not that like a long time ago about teams before I even considered the idea of like participating in it because I was new and didn't know what the fuck teams were. But the idea of practice games don't need to be full five turn games is like a thing that you should consider, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a thing that almost doesn't seem intuitive because. There's so many games where the scrappy like game is how where you determine what, when it won a game is won and lost. But what you can often find for me for WTC practice is I I know that the scrappy like game is going to be the difference between a twelve eight and a thirteen seven. I don't care. Like in, in singles, yeah, that matters. That matters a lot, and you should definitely practice for that. But you know the matchups like done, lost, whatever. If it's a difference between you know a small win and a small loss, I don't care. That that means it's a close game, and I, there's other there's other decision points I can make in this game to try and change that, rather than trying to fix the late game. Fixing the late mm-hmm. game you can do when it comes up organically, uh, because you will get into those games where you're like you really want to know what happens at the end. But if it's just you know can I scrape out a draw from a terrible position, it doesn't always have a lot of merit because that's not situations that you come up with in in regular games as often as you'd think. Um, generally the games you win are games that you win early in single play almost all games you win you will win early because the overwhelming majority of games of 40k are decided in the first couple of turns the scrappy late game ones where you know you're punching each other and you're you know trading hammer until turn five just don't happen that much and you're not you can't create the conditions to practice that so why bother yeah i'm gonna echo the the idea of having table boss or a third person kind of watching the game unfold it again has to be someone that you trust who has good game knowledge and all that but sometimes having that outsider can help comment on hey you're really focused on this quarter of the board is that actually where you need to be focused you're focusing your efforts right now when those little things over here is that winning the game is that where you're winning the game um the last thing i would say for actually conducting effective practice don't track your score on like itc battles or on a whiteboard get a physical sheet of paper or a scorecard and write your score out, and at the end of every turn, count the score and say, if the game ends this turn, am I winning or losing? And that should yeah. inform your decisions on how you continue to play the rest of the game. Because if you're not winning the game on turn two, you need to change that. If you're winning the game on turn three, you need to change that. Um, so having that understanding, or, or you need to understand that the conditions are such that you have back-ended points, but with stuff like the last being gone, that's less, it's less frequent now. A lot of your points will be either every turn points that you're generating, generating, and if you're losing out on the turn one and two points that you can't make back and your opponent's not, then you have to you have to change the conditions of the game. Yes, yeah, so legal uh, pad would be a great way of tracking No, I, I would recommend printing out like a physical score sheet, like the Goonhammer score sheet, the WT score sheet. Just get an actual physical score sheet because when you look back at it, you can keep records and you can have a log of all this stuff and you can update, upload it into the Battles app next time and not have to wonder what your chicken scratch means, whether you took bring it down or Nephilim. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you can use you can buy some like dry erase ones where you can do dry erase and look at I wouldn't your recommend the dry erase ones just because they feel for me they always feel a lot more impermanent and um like I'm less a lot less good about keeping a hold of them and uploading them and keeping track of them but yeah get a phys- get a physical score sheet that's my, my best advice on that one uh, especially yeah. if you are having someone else who's like table bossing being able to just look at your score sheet and understanding how the game is going is very important 
Um, anyway, yeah, that's about say, 10 minutes on that question. So let's quickly jump on it after Curie finishes his last thought. Yeah, I will say that the, the paper scorekeeping is one of the things that I've been really trying to hammer home for my guys, for the team, for Team Canada, not just for practices, but also for in-game because it makes it a lot easier from a team's perspective for me walking by as a coach to look yeah. down at a piece of paper and then to try to decipher from... Are you doing the same thing you're doing? We're requiring physical score sheets for everybody on the team this year, and then we're going to collect them after every round so we have a log of them in case there's any issues. Yeah, that is yeah. that is exactly what's happening. <laughs> People can use the ITC Battles app if they want, but I want a, a physical yeah. copy. I want, the yep, I, want, I want to look at your scoreboard and know exactly what the score is right now because all my games are going to finish in 20 minutes anyway. So Exactly. I mean, for me, I'm I'm just there to watch. Exactly. Uh, next no, no, you'll do a lot of you'll do a lot of wondering about looking. Yeah, for the I'm going to do a lot of running to. around, but no, looking for the coaches to talk to when you're bored. That happens a lot too. You get so much chat that when you're a coach, it's great. I'll learn <laughs> a lot. Um, do you got another next question on Discord? Because if not, we've got one in the chat. Would now be a good time to admit that ever since the faction came out in seventh edition, I've never succeeded a morale check when playing Harlequins. Yes, it would be. That's quite funny. Are they leadership eight? Yeah, I think so. I think that one's for Anthony. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna save this one from Dan. I'm gonna pin it so I can ask him it next week. Um, I mean, oh, for the Nurgle marked CSMRE. Yep. I was gonna mm -hmm. say, just bring that Master of Executions who has the Nurgle mark and say that's your Nurgle marked army. But that's probably that was me choice. being snarky. Basically, does Drazar's work? Who for is you? the mo more likely to end up in jail during WGC? Me, as a result of Anthony's actions. Yeah, Anthony yeah. has a lot of plans for Innis for this WTC trip. Um, I'm hoping it will make some great random drug drug and alcohol fueled videos. I'm not online. answering Doug's question because that's just not a good question. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Doug. Sorry, Doug. Your question's not good enough. Can you tell us more about Team USA's AdMech list? Is it worth taking as a singles list? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't much care for it. I think five iron five all kind of iron striders is an interesting match choice. Um, and he's playing a Gripenov, which is a, a good sub-faction, but I don't think it's the best one. It definitely fills a role in a team setting, uh, which is why we're taking it, but I don't love the EP2 damage 2, like six shots EP2 damage 2 just kind of feels outdated on an 85-point platform, which feels weird to say about Iron Striders. But... Well, they're only 75 points with the auto cannons. Are they not 85-95, or do they go back down 10? This... Oh. I'm pretty sure they're 75-85, because they I think they were 65-75 before. Oh, God, where are they? Jesus fucking Christ, those things are so broken. Oh, yeah, there was a reason why they were they were delicious in, place in this. <laughs> I hate Admech um, so much. Uh, but to I, I play a lot of I, I played a lot of Admech before the fifth nerf hit. Um, there were a lot. It's a lot. Um, they're fine. I'm, you probably go. You can probably win a GT with them. They're they're not going to be the thing that's stopping you winning games. Is yeah. Ultimately, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't run the two bricks of one with autos, one with Laz. I would just run two with Laz or one big with Laz and fill the rest of your list out with some scoring. We're, we're running two by three with Laz. <laughs> there you go. Um, I do like the Agrippina into Armor of Contempt era. Um, and the Verse of Vengeance is just hilarious on many different things in that army. That's but uh, uh, yeah, it's you, not a bad single list. Winning Eldar Lest, you can. Uh, I think Goon, uh, 40k stats is still the best place for collating lists. Um, yeah, so, weekly competitive innovations yeah. or the 40k meta article that's on Reddit competitive are the two best places 
to get those. Otherwise, the other option, which I also suggest because you should probably support BCP, is to go and subscribe to it so you can access lists. Yeah. There's another couple of options. Um, Blood of Kittens does keep a, a log of everything that's top four to tournament or top three to tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find that in Blood of Kittens' list archive, uh, which is actually a pretty good resource and one of the yep, few yep. good things that site produces. Uh, you not, can also look on some of their the... takes. Some of the alternative websites like down under pairings that have fewer events on it also have lists available for you if yeah. you look and if you ask in most discords uh, you can find some places you can also check out the wtc lists which are public now uh you yep. can find them on best West pairings or there's a pdf floating around um where you can find uh, a variety of uh hail of doom Ulthway, uh, there's some children of prophecy and merciful shots lists floating around uh, a lot of diversity in the other space that's all all looks exactly the same list it's just different sub factions yeah. Uh, it's not shade to Blood of Kittens. Uh, Blood of Kittens would admit this to themselves. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're generally a, a pretty. Blood of Kittens knows of what it is. Scorching takes. Blood of Kittens knows what it is. Does yeah. not shy away from it. it, and has a very good list archive. It's good to uh, it's okay. good to know what you are and what you aren't, and being able to know that you are really good at headlines is a thing to know about yourself cool i think that is gonna mostly do it for us so i'm gonna so roll we, us into the wrap-up unless we have anything else we to do have on. one question in chat that i want to cover from a random guy Go for um it. it's <laughs> kind of covering a, an idea that we've beaten to death previously on the on the uh, earlier episodes but with the nephilim changes making starting cp so much more tight do you think we'll ever see statistical tracking of win rates for armies based on how much cp they start with and I, can, I don't. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm going to say from my perspective, I check every list when I'm doing the weekly stats, but I don't record things like starting CP, partially because it's That's so much work. One, it's so much work, but two, it's one of these things where it really doesn't influence win rates from my perspective that much. Because you it would look be at interesting it, to see as like a one-off thing, but I don't think it would have much merit as a thing we long-term tracked. It kind of a lot of the time CP tends to be more of a merit of how people want to play um, than as a specific like yeah most terrorists are going to start with one one zero one or two CP that's kind of a faction of how, a factor of how you play um, where do chaos to start same region elder lists yeah. tend to have a little more because they're not as heavy on world trees and relics it, it's a lot of it it will just it'll tie to factor winners or it will be such meaningless noise because the garbage factions start on zero to three CP as well. Um, that I don't know how how relevant it would be. It would be yeah. an interesting stuff to look at once, but I don't think it's something we're interested in long-term tracking unless it proves to be really yep. interesting that once. And I would probably need someone to come to us and be like, hey, we did this, we think it's cool. Would you be interested in tracking that? Mm -hmm. uh, having actually seen that it was a thing of value to do in the first place. It's not something we're looking at at the moment, I don't think. The things that are interesting, I think, from like a driving win rates perspective is like what secondary objectives you take and how well they're scoring. What like which there was a fantastic Goonhammer article about like today couple, yeah. like day yesterday today uh, go yesterday. read that it was really good uh, yeah. yeah they draw their data from ITC Battles app um which covers both competitive some of the competitive games when people track them but also non-competitive games so it tends to get a broader picture of how the meta is doing and like what is happening in it once you kind of go through and you have there's a bunch of Quality yeah, there's caveats to the data, but there's caveats with every bit, with every all data. Yeah. We can't track like, it, so uh, go first win rate and the secondaries are the two things that I think are most interesting from like yeah. an extra things to track perspective, because those two things actually have greater effects on choice, like what choices you're making, 
and like drive kind of game and armyless composition. There's like a bunch of stuff you could track, but there's also a point where I think this is a good point to talk about just like a little bit real quick is that you can keep drilling down into data, but like because our data set in 40K is constrained in size significantly, there's only so much you can say with certainty using the data at a certain point. Like I usually don't like talking about on a weekly basis factions that have less than 10 players playing them because generally under 10 players, your data is not very good. But once you say you have 50 players, but only four players are playing a specific list type, like that's only four players worth of data and it's not necessarily telling you anything useful. The thing to remember with it is like, if we have 10 players in a faction and they all play a five round GT, every game is 2% of your data set. Mm. Um, it's just every game has such an outweighed influence. Every, every individual player is 10% of the results. Um, when you get to the point where we're talking about 300 with 200 players, where every game is, you know, 0.1% of your data set, it starts to feel a little more meaningful and it's still not a big data set, even at, even at 200 players. Yeah. yeah. Um, these are, so... these are very small data sets from a relative perspective to start picking out like each individual variable from it. Like yeah. as, also... as somebody who works with massive data sets like that aren't these, like you are pulling out very, these are very small data sets that you're trying to pull very small pieces of data out of. And you start to lose the ability to like make significant, get significant yeah. information. Out you're, of you're zooming in on pixels that aren't there on a picture, basically. Yeah. Your um, resolution isn't very good. <laughs> there, there's also finally uh, only so much we can track. Uh, Curie mm -hmm. and Nathan, and Nathan both have and Cliff all have real lives outside of this. Uh, we are trying to focus things to <laughs> things that are broadline generally useful, rather than things that if you have a specific focus on, you could probably drill down yourself from the data for for a weekend. Um, because you know, tracking everything for win rates is difficult for an individual player. Tracking every track, picking out your faction and looking at the ten, the ten list that won this weekend to see how many CP they start on, is achievable for the average player. Um, so it's kind of just. It is what it is, unfortunately. Um, there's only so much we can track. And a lot and of there's people only so don't... much we can meaningfully track. There's a lot of things that just aren't tracked easily or accessibly. Like yeah. Go First win rate is tracked in the ITC Battles app, but BCP can track it, but it's not necessarily published in a way that's available to us. It's not okay. mandatory and it adds time to it adds a lot of time to stuff like that. Yeah, because uh, you can chosen. also track secondaries in BCP, but it adds time and a lot of people just don't do it. I, I hate having to do it my, my second use on BCP. It genuinely drives me up the fucking wall. Yeah, understand. If it had proper I, integration with the BC, with the ITC Battles app, more people would probably do it, but it doesn't have that connection. Um, and so it just doesn't get tracked, which is why the ITC Battles app is so handy for looking at secondary data. It also just like, didn't have some secondaries last time I used it. Like, oh, yeah. You because the Harlequin secondaries in it, it just didn't exist. Yeah, it needs to be updated regularly with each book that comes out. It's a lot of work on the back end for for the BCP developers to do to keep up with every single game on that level of things. Yeah. Also, um, and so that basically, I think that addresses the the, the follow up question we were basically looking at. If you were to look at a faction and say, I've got twenty Dark Angel players, ten are starting on one CP, ten are starting on zero CP. There's we're drilling down to such a deep level of detail that you're not going to get a meaningful result out of it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to say anything. So like, I do understand what people are trying to get at, but there's a point where you can't answer the question that you're looking for in a, like in a way that actually makes sense. 
Yeah. So this is we, something we could we'll probably, probably talk about. answer the question. It's just are we answering the question in a way that's useful to anyone and worth yeah. the effort we're, we if, would have to put into it? If you want homework, you can go look up power analysis in statistics and you can learn about how much you need to answer questions based on variation in a data set. So if you're really interested in learning about why some of these things aren't meaningful once you start digging into them, go Google power analysis. You'll probably have to watch a YouTube video. Or maybe it's something I can try to bring up with um, the folks who will be on the stats-focused episode next week, which I'm still working on guests for. But you all should be excited; it will be fun. I promise. We're gonna have some good guests on, depending on. Yeah, when next week is the WTC week, so Anthony and I are away, as is Jeremy. So it's gonna be Nathan running the roost. Well, with Cliff, me and Cliff are gonna run it, and I do potentially have. That's gonna show amazing... up. You're running it. You realize that, right? <laughs> two amazing guests potentially and we'll find out how that works out it may not be on tuesday next week folks but i will keep you all advised as to how that works depending on availability of our guests but be excited it'll be fun cool i'm gonna do the round out now yep okay thank you everybody for joining us thank you very much to jeremy and nathan uh as always, thank you. If you've been with us for the full 92 minutes now, uh, clearly you're enjoying what we do, and we would love it if you would be able to chuck us a little bit of support to help that out. That is the best way you can do that. You can chuck us a like, you can chuck us a comment, you can share the feed with, share the podcast with a friend, whether if you enjoyed it with, or you can leave us a review on whatever your podcast never choices. We love the comments. Comments are the favorite ones because we get to come back in and start slagging people off again, uh, and that is personally my favorite pastime is when I get the email that says somebody said something stupid. Uh, so if you want to say something stupid in the comments, please do. Uh, get in Nathan's DMs about it. That, that, these are all valid options. You are definitely allowed to just send me complaints to my DMs. I may or may not block you. I may or may not print out your comment and burn it in a bonfire. I don't know. He will probably send it to the group chat. Uh, I will also do that. If you send me something especially stupid, I'm going to put it on the Patreon. Because <laughs> oh, no. it will be on the GDR Discord. isn't real. <laughs> there's a lot of things that people like i don't get as many dms as people think i do because a lot of you are very polite which i appreciate but some of the messages that i occasionally get are quite interesting and quite dumb <laughs> finally if you really enjoyed what we do and you're able to we would really appreciate if you could check us out on patreon which is patreon.com slash that check that gets you access to our patreon discord and also all of the bonus content that we put out I will leave with the final one. There will be bonus content for everybody coming out on Friday on the on the YouTube feed, which will be the Innocent Outs interview with Nathan. Uh, and hopefully for patrons, the follow-up interview, which will be with one of the other core members, will be coming out the week after that. Uh, bonus content for this week, we are still trying to arrange. I'll hopefully get something 15 minutes out. The, uh, the WC newcomers draft took uh, uh, my bonus content time this week, so uh, but we're not counting out as a bonus content because that was available for everybody. Uh, you should check out. You should also check out the bonus content extra, whatever. I don't even remember. I think I called it Stat Check Extra on the playlist, uh, which is the WTC Newcomers uh, Roundtable, where I pulled on six people who were brand new from the WTC, who were brand new to the WTC, and uh, we put that out as a YouTube video. That went up yesterday at eight o'clock UK, so it's been up for a little over twenty-four hours now. Uh, that is free to everybody on the YouTube. I had Anthony from New America. Malachi from Team Northern Ireland, Arna and Liam from Team Belgium, Jonathan Slay Johnson from Team Sweden, and Brian Sepp for Seep Sipe. I can never pronounce my guy's surname. I'm really sorry, Brian. Brian S from Team Scotland uh, and I hosted, <laughs> and we went through another. We went through an hour talking about the WTC uh, and their hopes, goals, dreams, and evening plans. 
so I'm really proud of that. It's one of the things that I'm most happy about getting to do is random stuff like that, where I get to just promote a thing that I think is interesting. And it's one of the best things about having a platform where these people don't tell me no. Um, yeah. And we encourage uh, it. Yeah, exactly. They encourage all my stupidity, which is great because they're, you know, they're profiting off it too. That's the, that's the goal. Uh, so yeah, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, we'll be back same time next week for the live show. Um, so yeah, long. That's it. So thanks long. for all the thanks, everybody.